Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful, truly grateful, truly, truly grateful. This has been your doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Our hands can move, our legs can move, our eyes can twitch, our lips can open. Whoa, Lord, we're grateful. You have done all things well and left nothing undone. Thank you for the increase. Thank you for the lifting the new territories. Thank you for the babies born in six months. All the weddings, all the deliveries. Thank you, thank you, and thank you. Lord, we're here to deliberately, intentionally, purposefully, like the one leper, we returned to say thank you, thank you, and thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whilst you're all still standing, please turn very quickly to Daniel 11, 32. As I sought the Lord on what you have me share with you this morning. He took me back to the crossover service and I believe he wants us to recap the prophetic words spoken to us about six months ago. The Bible says write the vision, make it plain so all who read will run. If there is no vision, there will be nothing to run to. Hallelujah. Daniel 11.32, let's read together as a happy family. One, two, three, go. And such as do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. The last portion, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploit. For an assignment, revive to revive a fresh new look. Revive to revive a fresh new look. Our Father, yet again, it is on bending knees with hearts and hands raised to you in worship, in surrender of your majesty over our lives. We'll gather again to give you praise. I beseech you, Abba Father, to take a call of fire from the altar of heaven. Place upon the lips and the tongues of clay of your seven sons that this hour I will come to your people with a word from the throne of grace. Move every man, boy, girl in this room and the multitudes logging on across the airwaves from where we are to where you've reserved for us in the place called destiny. As always, we'll vow to return the praise, the glory, the honor back unto you. In Jesus' wondrous name, we'll pray. Somebody shout a big amen. You may please be seated in God's wonderful presence. Beloved, it is half time for any coach of a sports team that plays 
a game that has two halves, the middle of the game is a very, very important time for both the coach and both the team. It could serve as a defining moment of how either of the players will end the game. Sometimes it's not how well you begin or how badly you begin that necessarily determines how well you will end. I've watched many games where one team began seemingly poorly after the halftime, there was a game changer. It almost looked like they were injected with some kind of adrenaline. As they came back to the second half, they played their heart out and they played to win. The question is, what happened at the halftime? I'd like to believe that the coach and the team replayed the first half. They saw their strengths they saw their weaknesses and they received divine strategy to go back to the second half and play to win. Saints, I'm not sure how well or how badly you've done between January to June. But the point is, we have an opportunity given us by God to hear what the captain of this team has to say to us. And I believe divine strategies will be released. I believe direction will be released. I believe there will be a mid-course, mid-stream redirection that will guarantee this team to play to win till December. I thought I hear a sounding amen. The Bible talks about the midst of the years. In Habakkuk 3, it says, Oh Lord, I have heard thy speech. And was afraid. Oh Lord, revive thy work in the midst, if you like, the middle of the years. In the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. So there is something about the midstream. And I want to encourage you, beloved, irrespective of how any of us, every one of us have played the first half, it's time to play catch up. It's time to overtake and it's time to win ultimately for that is the intention for us in this year to the glory of our God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our text is a text the Lord gave us as we crossed over into this new year and the Lord began to paint very clear pictures to us that he will be reviving us in this year not just for our sakes but he will revive us to use us as instruments and vehicles to revive other people. The Bible says concerning Abraham in Genesis 12 that God will bless you and he will make you a blessing. In a like manner also saints, God is reviving you individually, reviving us corporately so that there will be a sound that will rise from this house to our community to the city, to the nation, to bring about revival to our environment. If you believe that, shall a big amen. He says, they that do know that God shall be strong and they shall do exploit. So the strength you receive from knowing God is the key for you and I 
to do exploits. No strength, no accomplishment. No strength, no exploits. The Bible declares in Proverbs 24 verse 10 that if your strength or if you fail in the day of adversity, it's a proof that your strength is small. There comes a day of adversity or a day of test, a day of trial in every man's life. And what level of strength you have will determine whether you rise up to the battle and overcome or not. So strength is very important. In this case, we see one of the keys to strength is to know the Lord. They that do know the Lord their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. We begin to see the words that came to us at Crossover that God intends to do two things in our lives. Number one, to bring about revival in our lives. Number one. Number two, to bring about revival through our lives. That means God will reach to you and then by you reach to others. You are blessed. You will be blessed to be a source of blessing to other people. Shout a big amen. Saints, anyone who is going to be an instrument of blessing to others must first be blessed. Every pipe that allows water or blessings to pass through is never dry. So the blessing is not receiving. The blessing is allowing it to pass through you. As long as the other end is open, the water supply will continue to pour through you. So if you're going to not just be blessed, but remain a blessing, you must avail yourself to touch other lives. Saints, you can't give what you don't have. John the Baptist said concerning Jesus, he says, no man can give what he has not received from the Lord. That everything you can give, I'm paraphrasing now, is what you receive from the Lord. In the words of Jesus, in Matthew 10 verse 8, he says, heal the sick, Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Hear this. Freely you've received, freely you give. Hallelujah. God wants you to be a giver, but he said, I'm going to bring it your way first and foremost, then it's going to come through you. In Acts chapter 3, Simon Peter said to the man who had been crippled for many, many years at the gate called Peter. He says, silver and gold I don't have, but there is something I have. I have the name of Jesus Christ. I have his power. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So the point is you can only give what you've received. And God is saying, open your heart. Enlarge your spirit. Receive the things I'm pouring into you because ultimately, I'm going to bring it through you to others. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. So the intent is for you and I to catch fire, but also to be spreaders of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Catch fire and spread fire. And we saw in that teaching that what God intends for us to look like was the burning bush that Moses saw in Exodus 3. Bible says, on a certain day, the bush was burning, not consumed. And the Bible says, And Moses turned aside to see, 
not just the burning bush, but the bush that was burning but not consumed. I, I think in that day and age, typically, it wasn't so strange for there to be a bushfire in the wilderness. But what was strange is this, that the bush was burning but wasn't consumed. Hiya. It is a typology of a child of God who has been revived. That you catch fire of the Holy Ghost, but it's not your energy generating the power. It is God flowing through you. So as he uses you, you're refreshed, you're renewed, you're rekindled, you're refined. Hello, somebody. So you are like the burning bush, burning for the Lord, but being refreshed as you're being used by God to serve his purpose in our day, in our age. The bush that was burning wasn't consumed, drew the attention of Moses. And what God is said to do in our lives in the remaining half of this year is designed to draw the attention of people. Your health will draw the attention of the unsaved. I thought I hear amen. Your victory in tests and battles will draw the attention of people to your God. The rest in your home, the rest in your marriage will draw attention of other people. Why? You are revived to be revived. You are revived to be used by God to revive others. Shout a big amen, somebody. Hallelujah. One thing we saw again as we cross over is three things. Number one, we saw the destination of the year 2022. What was the destination? To be revived. And we saw there is a design pathway shown us by God how to arrive from A to Z. I said, if you know where you're going to, huh, and you know how to get there, the problem is half solved. You know where you're going to is the glory of the Lord. It's revival. You know how to get there, the problem is half solved. He said, that the person who asks for the way doesn't get missed, doesn't get lost. So if you ask, you'll know the way to go there. So the destination is revival. We're getting there. And in the past months, many of us have begun to receive the, the ambers and the flames of revival. Our prayer life individually and corporately has begun to burn at a new level of heat and intensity. Our love for Jesus has begun to burn to a whole new level. Our giving, our willingness to serve, to love has begun to burn at a new level. We've been revived to some degree. But God is saying there is still much more. Hello, somebody. There is still what? Much more. What you and I saw in six months is only a dress rehearsal for the things he had even unto the end. Somebody said there's still much more. Much more power much more grace, much more anointing, much more favor, much more. There's still much more. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. So the destination is revived, but what is the pathway? Very important, very key. Don't miss this. You see, spiritual truth have the tendency to be slippery. That's why you need to learn the good habit to hear sermons over and over and over again until they become one with you. And, and a good teacher, good preacher will know how to say the same thing creatively until the people get it. And you get it when you begin to live it and begin to walk it. Not when you're tired of hearing it. Praise God. Praise God somebody. You will hear it and hear it and hear it till faith arises and you begin to do it and do it and begin to live it. So this 
service or this message is intended to refresh our good memory to what the Lord said to us and what he's committed to doing. By the way, prophecies are not self-fulfilling. You know that already. You've been taught well. Paul wrote to his son Timothy and said, you wage a good warfare with the prophecies which were spoken over you. 1 Timothy 1.18 says, take those prophecies and go to battle with them. Likewise, God spoke to you, revive to revive. And he said, the pathway to get there, listen carefully, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. It is building intimacy with the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You remember that? Some have forgotten. It is building intimacy with the Holy Ghost. That means we will not be able to arrive at the destination safely if we don't follow the design pathway. Ah, yeah. They that do know the Lord their God shall be strong and they shall do exploits. That word know speaks of intimacy. It is different from knowing about somebody or about something. You may know about many things, about many people, but you may not know the people you know about. Praise God. To know somebody requires time, requires communion, requires some level of interaction, requires some type of fellowship. Saints, what the Lord is saying to us at this mid-course of the year is, hey, I want you to raise your bar of your desire, of your commitment to know me. For the rest of the year. Because if you pursue knowing me, everything else you require will follow you. They that do know the Lord their God shall be strong and they will do exploits. Now, that is a blank check for everybody. But it means everybody needs to take on a personal responsibility to know the Lord. And shortly, I'll share with you a few simple keys, simple keys as to how to begin to engage more in this second half, to know the Lord. The Bible declares in Romans 8, 19, that the entire creature groans, travails in pain, waiting earnestly for the manifestation of the sons of God. Oh, yeah. The world is waiting for a category of people. Not just children only, but sons. Sons, sons, because there's a difference between being a child of God and being a son of God. Track with me. You can be a child without growing up to the responsibility and the authority of sonship. Oh, yeah. Sons are given as gifts to their generation. So, unto us, a child was born, unto us, a son is given. So, a son is a gift. But God wants you and I, oh boy, to grow from being a child of God, please listen carefully, to becoming a son of God. What's the difference? Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, when I was a child, I did three things. Number one, I understood as a child. I speak as a child. I thought as a child. Thinking. Speech, speech, 
understanding. These three things distinguish a child from a son or a son from a child. How? How you think. Sons think from heaven downwards. Children think from the earth upward. Sons think solution. Children think problems. Your speech, your words. Sons declare faith that is audacious. When a son speaks, it, 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 it almost makes you feel, is he arrogant or what? It's confidence. It's confidence. They are persuaded in the God who they know and they serve. Sons understand at a whole new level that they're called to rule and to reign, not to be subdued, but they're called to dominate. So sons think differently, sons speak differently, and sons, sons understand differently. Three things. The world is waiting for us to rise to sonship. The difference again between being a son, from being a son to being a child is this. A child of God has embraced, please listen carefully, has embraced Christ primarily as Savior. Oh boy. Oh yeah. A child of God embraces Jesus as Savior. Huh. But a son grows in discipleship. Keyword is discipleship. Discipleship in training to maturity so that Jesus is not only savior to him or her, but Jesus has become law. What's the difference? <laughs> Your Lord is one that you are completely in subjection to or indifference to. So it's possible for Jesus to be your savior and you haven't grown just yet to embrace him, to acknowledge him as law. That's growth. That's growth. And that's the point of rulership, the point of dominion. Ah, yeah, yeah. There were three phrases we're left with in that teaching. I'll focus on one. Number one is intimacy. Number two is knowing God more. Number three is the Holy Spirit. They're all tied together. Because the Holy Spirit is the agent of revival. He is the agent of revival, the instrument revival. He is the one that will revive the body. He is the one that will bring about intimacy. He's the one. He's the one. A classic story told by Jesus in Matthew 25. We are familiar with the story, I believe, of the ten virgins. They were all virgins. Virgin simply means they were all born again. They knew the Lord. They were God's children, quote unquote. Five were said to be wise and five were said to be foolish. The Bible says the bridegroom delayed his coming and consequently all ten virgins went to sleep. Wow. We're in the last days. They went to sleep. But at midnight he came and they all arose and woke up. And the five wise virgins, all right, lit their lamp. And they had oil in their lamp. Say with me, oil in my lamp. Oh, come on, say oil in my lamp. Louder, oil in my lamp. And the five foolish virgins, they woke up, lit their lamp. But they did not have oil in their lamps. At least 
not sufficient to carry them through the journey. Wow. They all had lamps. They're all virgins. Please, this is very critical. But the only difference was this. One set had oil. Other set did not have oil. You know oil is a typology or a type of the anointing. You know that. Psalm 92 verse 10 says, The Lord shall exalt my heart as a heart of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. So the oil is a type of the anointing of the type of the Holy Ghost. And what we see in that story is this. Before there was engagement of the coming of the bridegroom, the five wise had bought oil. How do we know? They said to the foolish who asked for them to share, said, no, you go, please listen, you go to those that sell and buy. Oh boy, oh boy. Not beg, not collect, and buy. Ah, yeah, yeah. So oil can only be received by buying. We don't buy with money. Isaiah 5, 5 tells us how we buy. We buy with desire. We buy with hunger. We buy with thirst. We buy with consecration. Bible declares that through desire, a man separated himself and intermeddled with all wisdom. Through desire. Your desire will lead you to separate yourself, to seek, to pursue, to pant after. The key is desire. Listen, beloved. We need sufficient oil in our lamps to carry us through the day and age we live in now. And when to buy the oil is now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is the revivalist. The Holy Ghost is the one that quickens things that are dead. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit, my God, that raised Christ from the dead, dwell in you, reside in you, that same spirit will quicken your mortal bodies. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. I pray this morning that above, beyond else will do clap, dance, jump, celebrate, that perhaps there will be a steering in our hearts afresh to want to know Kadiba, the Holy Ghost, more than ever before in the remaining part of the year. There ought to be a longing like, 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 like Paul that, that says, I want to know you. Above all, I want to know you. This one thing. The psalmist declared in Psalm 2, 7 verse 4. One thing, not many, one thing have I desired. That one thing will lie long after. To what? To, 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 to dwell in his temple and to inquire of him. One thing, one thing, one thing, one thing. The Holy Ghost wants to be longed for, wants to be desired. He says, call upon me and I will answer. You draw near, I will draw near. You make the move, I'm here. I'm already ready for you, but you make the move towards me. The Holy Spirit. May we really take seriously the need to buy oil. They need to build intimacy. The oil of intimacy. To know him beyond knowing about him. To know him. To know the things that bring him delight. To know the things that grieve him. He can be grieved. He can be quenched. 
Can you just for 10 seconds bow your heart and say, Holy Ghost, I want to know you more. Can you pray that prayer for just 30 seconds? Let's cry out sincerely as a house of revival. Let's be sincere and genuine. I want to know you more. Open the eyes of my understanding that I behold wondrous things from your word. Let God cry. Let's begin now. We cry through the months of this year. I want to know you for they that do know the Lord that God shall be strong. They do exploits. I want to be strong. I want to be strong, not feeble. I want to be strong that in the midst of adversity, I can stand. So they that endure to the end shall be saved. It takes strength to endure. Strength that comes from intimacy. Father, thank you. We'll give you praise and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Somebody shout a big amen. Amen. Very quickly, I'll close with just encouraging you with six simple keys to help you pursue more and to pant after the Lord in the place of intimacy for the rest of the year. I tell you, when you find him, everything locates you. When you find him, everything men are chasing will chase after you. It is true. It is true. Psalm 23 verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. As what? As you make Jesus your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 23 verse 1. Verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you. Number one key to pursuing intimacy. Seek the Lord with your heart. With your heart. It's a heart-to-heart -heart search. Our minds are limited to pursue the Holy Ghost. The Bible declares in Psalm 42 verse 7, Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of the water spout. Let the deep things of your heart call upon the deeper things in the heart of the Father by the Holy Ghost. With a heart, with a heart, with a heart, with a heart, with a heart. Proverbs 23, 26. My son, give me that heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. God is asking for your heart before your hands. Before your hands. Because if you give any man your heart, to give your hand is a lot easier. That's what happens when two people are in love with each other. Their hearts are given to each other. So to give gifts of value is not a biggie. Their hearts are connected in love. So God is saying, give me your heart. And then to give me anything else is not a problem. Number two, we're not to just seek God with our hearts only. The Bible says that we're actually to seek him with all of our heart. For when we get to that point of our all on the table, then we shall be known of him and we shall see him. Proverbs 29, 13, please write. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me. What? With all your heart. Roger, all is all. Number three, engage in what the Bible calls the bridegroom fast. I would have said fasting alone, which is true, but I want to emphasize the bridegroom fast. What does that mean? Pharisees came to Jesus and said, the disciples of John fast. The Pharisees fast. But why don't your disciples Jesus fast? He said to them, as long as I, the bridegroom, am with them, they have no need to fast. But when I am taken away, then they will have need to fast. Oh boy. And that bridegroom fast in the New Testament 
It's not so much of fasting to break yokes, lift burdens. Listen, listen. It's largely a fast to build intimacy. It's an expression of the longing of one you love. It's called the bridegroom fast. It was said concerning Hannah, the prophetess, who was in the temple waiting for the coming of the Lord, that she, listen, she, she, she served the Lord with fastings and prayer. So with fasting, we can serve the Lord. Without fasting, we can engage to seek him and inquire for intimacy. Number four, naturally so, fervent prayers. Fervent prayers. Because our prayers is a place of intimacy. It's a place of communion, divine exchange. It's a two-way street. It's not a one-way traffic, it's two-way traffic. So when we do pray earnestly and fervently, we're, we're not just talking to God, but we're also open to receive from him. And in that process of prayer, there is fellowship, there is intimacy, there is a rubbing off of anointing. Church, you belong to a house of revival. God has so graciously made many platforms available for you to pray on a consistent basis. Every day of the week, twice a day, GPPA is there as a tool to pray. 5 a.m., one hour. 12 noon, one hour. Once a day, you've cleared two hours with a corporate people all over the world. Every day, currently, we're praying on Zoom. Every watch. The Jews had what is called prayer watches every three hours. 12 midnight, 3 a.m., 6 a.m., the 9 a.m. watch, the 12 noon watch, the 3 p.m. watch, the 6 p.m. watch, 9 p.m. and midnight, round the clock, your church has been praying on Zoom for the past few months and we haven't seen you. Hey, saints, these are, these are tools of mercy and grace to keep the fire on our personal prayer altar burning because the day and age we live in, it's looking for ways to douse our flame, to douse our fire. So these are tools. You can pray alone, but there is something when two or three gather together. Say, when two or three are gathered together, there I am in their midst. Something about a corporate gathering. So please take advantage of these tools going forward. In this remaining six months, let's push for intimacy that we may know him, that we may know him as we are known. Hallelujah to Jesus. Number one, number five, very important. The key of consecration. The Bible declares in Habakkuk 1.13, I believe it is, that, 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 that the eyes of our God cannot behold iniquity or evil. Yeah, that's right. So the eyes of our God will not behold iniquity or evil. So, so our God, you know, is a thrice holy God. Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16, be holy even as I am holy. Be holy as I am holy. Now listen carefully. Don't miss this now. Righteousness, please listen, righteousness is what you receive credited to your account when you became born again. Is that alright? We were made righteous just like we were made we became sin where we become righteous. You don't earn righteousness. You don't pay for it. It's what God, on account of redemption, credits your account. So the truth is, when you become born again, you are called, according to scripture, the right, 
righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Am I correct? And by the way, know this, you cannot become more righteous than you are when you became born again. It is so. It is so. But guess what? <laughs> Sanctification, consecration, is something we grow in. Ah, yeah, yeah. So as righteous as you are, as you were, listen, you're called by God to grow in your consecration. Hey. And the more you grow in your own consecration, the more you grow in power. Go to Kalanda. 2 Timothy 2, 19, 2, 20, 21. In a great house there are many vessels. Some vessels are unto honor and glory. Some are unto dishonor. But it says, if any man, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Please, it's a blank check. If any man in logic will decide to purge themselves, huh, to cleanse themselves by the blood, by the word, by the spirit, guess what? You make yourself become a vessel fit, 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 prepared for the master's use. Hey. So that is responsibility we take upon ourselves. And as you grow in consecration, listen, you're growing more to become like Jesus. You're walking like him. You're talking like him. Hallelujah. Men and women see you and they see like Christ. So we grow in consecration. We grow in intimacy. Finally, we'll stop here. We'll seek God with a focus, with a determination as the one thing we're called to seek. Write down Psalm 27 verse number 4. I quoted earlier, but let's see that. Oh, thank you, Lord. Wow. One thing have I desired. Let's say that together. Psalm 27 verse 4. Check, let's go. One thing have I desired of the Lord. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Hallelujah. Shall we rise up and push that in prayer? Father Grace, to desire one thing for the remaining days of this year and beyond. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Sincerely. The destination, revival or glory. The pathway, intimacy. 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 Are we praying? Are we praying? Are we praying? The cloud will not be left behind in this train of glory. I will pray. I will consecrate. I will separate myself. I will engage in the bridegroom fast. Yes. I will seek him with my heart. By grace, I will seek him with all of my heart. I will engage for them prayer. I will take advantage of the many opportunities in this house of revival to pray. 5 a.m. 12 noon. The watches. 11 p.m. I won't be left behind. It's halfway mark. The coach, our captain, came to show us what to do to change the game for the rest of the half. It's a game changer. Ah, for you to score goals and win. Intimacy. Oh, that I may know you, Jesus. 
I will make no you. All that I may know you, please pray sincerely. It's beyond demanding cars and houses. This is the key that brings everything else. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added. Kingdom priority. Let's pray. It's a house of revival. Can we consecrate ourselves? Let's make the kingdom our priority. Please pray. Turn your heart to Jesus. Can you ask for a change of appetite? Make me desire more of you. The Holy Ghost is our helper. He walks in us to will and to do of his pleasure. Oh, please pray. This is the key for revival. Hey! Grace to consecrate myself. I lay aside the weights and the sins that don't so easily beset me. I choose holiness. I choose purity. I choose sanctity. Ah, let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. Revival is here again, oh. But there's a pathway. Intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. Intimacy. Can you engage the blood? I invoke the blood. Every area where I missed it in the past. Oh Lord, let it be a midstream correction. Midstream correction. The better half. Thank you, Lord. Can you not ask Lord for your own personal strategies? Father Lord, give me your own my own strategy. I've heard from my man of God, but give me my own specific. What do I need to adjust? Procrastination. Delay. What area do I need to adjust? To give more. To witness more. To preach more. To pray more. Show me the areas I need to adjust. It's mid-term, mid-half. And the coach has come to share with us keys to adjust this heart and win. Intimacy. 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 Abarabasu. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Who has bowed eyes closed. The greatest miracle is the miracle of salvation. Is the miracle of the new birth. Ay, ay, ay. In the sanctity and the privacy of this moment. Has bowed eyes closed. There are those who are here who don't know Jesus personally. And you're saying, man of God, pray with me. I really want this to be my better half. I'm tired of double standards, rising and falling. I want to truly, in the company of saints, turn my heart completely to Jesus. Where you're standing, just shoot your right hand to the sky. The Lord will identify you. Right hand, right hand, right hand. Right hand to the sky, wherever you are. Keep those hands up till an usher puts a card in your hand. You say, man, I'm going to pray with me. Are you saying I want to rededicate my life? Fresh commitment. Wherever you are, right hand. As those hands are up, keep it up until an usher comes to you. Let's pray together. Ushers look around and place cards in the hands of those who are up. Let's pray together. Shall we pray together? Heavenly Father, I want to hear you. Heavenly Father, 
in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am, thanking you for the gift of life and the gift of redemption and the gift of the blood of Jesus. Lamb of glory, forgive me all of my sins. I turn my heart completely to you. With my heart, I believe unto righteousness. With my mouth, I confess unto salvation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. I am blood washed, blood bought, child of the living God. Thank you because I know I'll finish well the journey of life with you and this year with you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.